Hello everyone, it's been almost a month, so I'd like to welcome you back to We Talk Football. If you're coming back, this is your first episode, then uh, go check out our older stuff. Go like us on Facebook, go uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud and uh, register to uh, have our podcast automatically down to download on iTunes. Uh, I'm Lance Leach. I'm Briar Wagner. And uh, we'll kick off here with congratulations, seeing as how we don't have a week in review. I mean, more than likely we'd have a month in review, but <laughs> it's been really slow, I think, for the last uh, last month. Uh, today, yesterday, and this week has really been things kicking up, but we'll talk about those here in a little bit. Uh, con- I'd like to start off with congratulating the Baltimore Ravens and Joe Flacco. Uh, congratulations to Joe Flacco for once again proving to all of us that you cannot be com- that you can be completely mediocre and still con a team into making you the highest played player in the NFL. Uh, maybe not this season because I think he's only supposed to make nine mil this season. But over the next f- three, four seasons, yeah, he's I think supposed, he's supposed to be to the highest paid player in the NFL, which it's is ridiculous. ridiculous. Um. Also, congratulations to Baltimore for showing us how stupid you are. Again, trying to save space on Cap by giving him more money later isn't an actual fix. That's like placing a Band-Aid over a severed artery and calling it good. If you really wanted to save money, you could have just cut him or traded him and found someone better because it wouldn't have been hard to do. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking there. Um one of my congrats, um, I'm going to thank, sarcastically, or congratulate the Saints for, you know, actually being above, you know, below the salary cap limit this year, you know, at the start of free agency. They didn't have to do too much wheeling and dealing to try to make that happen. Um, and for, for whatever God knows why, we still have Brandon Browner on the roster. It is March 9th. Well after 4 p.m. Eastern, and he is still on the roster. Now he's due, uh, whatever he's due for the year, and um, that's, you know, be a hit on the salary. Like, we, we didn't need that. Now, an actual congratulations. I'd like to congratulate Peyton Manning on the last 18 years of his career. You know, thank you for us as fans being able to watch you revolutionize the quarterback position, doing what you do week in, week out. Um, I know a lot of there's especially from D'Angelo Williams. There's a lot of hate on your play this last season, but this I don't think this past season should overshadow what you've done the last 17 seasons of your career. So um, thank you for that, and then thank you for Calvin Johnson, aka you know Megatron. Um, Ten years, you know he's a second Detroit Lion to retire at 30. Um, how much of that do you think is because of just who he's been playing for the last? last 10 years do you think he retired i know there's a lot of did he retire retire excuse me because of you know the lions lack of winning no i think i I think for some of these players like uh like chris borland and patrick uh willis last year it comes down to not wanting to get hurt the way that they have been getting hurt and he's had ankle problems and back problems i think and I think it just it comes mainly down to that because Barry Sanders, when he retired, it was because he didn't want to play for the team. But when Barry Sanders retired, Detroit was at the bottom of the barrel. That was it. Like they didn't, they had gone through like five quarterbacks, I think, in the ten years that he'd been there. He had just completed his tenth season. He didn't want to go into another season with a brand new quarterback and have to play behind that. So that's why Sanders had retired. But for Calvin, I feel like it was more due to injury. He didn't want to. Com- 
continue to suffer the way that he's been suffering. I mean, what you were saying about Sanders, though, other than the new doing a new quarterback this year, it sounded pretty close to what Calvin's gone through the last ten years with Detroit. They were at the bottom of the barrel at one point, um, zero and sixteen. Anyone, you know, they were the bottom of the barrel. They've only just started, I think, starting to come around. But in the the heavy NFC North, that's gonna be a tough shell to crack. So. I I think it might be a little bit of both. Um, I'd also like to congratulate on <laughs> Hasselback on finally deciding that it was time to call it. I thought he was going to call it as soon as Indy's uh, season was over. He held on all the way till I think he retired today. He announced his retirement today or yesterday, whatever. Um, I'd like to thank you, Hasselback. I didn't want to watch you suffer anymore. Oh, that was that was brutal. You know, to watch every time I'd see Hasselback hit the field, I was like. He's going to get hurt again. I think he got hurt every one of his last few games. They don't, they don't have an offensive line. They still haven't addressed the offensive line. I mean, they got it. They have to fix it. They have to do something. But that's what I got. So, All right, so uh, we'll move into facts and opinions. And the way we're going to do facts and opinions is we each took a player from a position, from each position, from free, free agency, minus fullback, kickers, punters, you know. The Insignificant. Not as important positions. Um, so we'll start with quarterback. I would like to put in a side note. We picked these players on Monday. So yeah. our original intent with this was we were going to talk about these free agents, where we think they should go and why. Yeah, now we're down to like three each. Yeah, I think signed. there's only that's a few that have yet. That's how crazy the last three days have been. So you want to kick us off with quarterback? I guess I'll kick us off with quarterback. Um, I'm gonna, I picked uh, Fitzmagic, you know, out of uh, the Jets. Um I believe, and I've been saying this for a while, Fitz needs to get something figured out with the Jets. I think at this point in his career, he can't necessarily afford to be money-hungry. There might be a couple of uh, places he might be able to. Houston's off the table now with the deal with Osweiler. Uh, He might be able to hit with uh, Denver. If Denver takes cap, he might be able to go to uh, the Niners. Might be a couple of places he can go, but I truly believe that his... His his shot is with the Jets. The Jets are so close to being a contender. Um, it was just saying a lot considering they play in a division with the Patriots. They are so close to being able to. They just brought in Forte, and he was. I mean, it looked like he was clicking with those receivers like it was nothing. Uh, they, he needs to stay with the Jets. They need to figure something out. Whether he may, takes a little less than what Bradford's making, just get it done. Stay with the Jets. I agree with you. He definitely needs to go back. It's a better fit. He knows the system. It worked out well for him last year. They need the, the Jets need him though, just as bad as he needs them. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith is not going to help them get to the. I think if Geno Smith is their starter, they will digress. They will fall to maybe being a five and eleven team again. I uh, I took Brock Osweiler, and going into today, Brock Osweiler wasn't signed on with anyone, but. Prior to this, he uh, agreed to terms with Houston on a $18 million per year type contract. It's yeah, four, four years, 72 mil. mil. That's um, ridiculous. My advice to him was going to be, don't chase the money. Uh, you're young. You you have to prove yourself. And if you chase the money like you just did with Houston, there's a chance that you land with a team like Houston, who doesn't really have, like, they have Hopkins. They signed Lamar Miller, which who is also on my list, so let's not <laughs> give anything away there. But what if that's not a fit for you? What if the scheme doesn't work for you? You just threw away your career and any chance at any real money later. 
because you wanted to chase the money. With Denver, you you knew the system. You you played in it for a year. You went five and two. You had a solid defense, a defense that could carry you far, and you just threw it all away so you could make seventy two mil in four years. And you're not even guaranteed all that because if they decide after a year or two that hey you're not the guy we thought you were, they can cut you, and you're not guaranteed seventy two mil. You're guaranteed whatever they promised you. So I think that was a mistake. I would have gone back to back to Denver, but with Houston, you know, you have Osweiler or you have a uh, sorry DeAndre Hopkins. I was Osweiler was the first. Yeah, word I got you. Right there. Uh, <laughs> we all make mistakes. Uh, you have Hopkins. He's a top three receiver. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys to watch right now. I mean, he was on my fantasy team last year. I oh, he blew up for you last year. It was great. Um, Behind four quarterbacks, I mean, maybe now he can get a solid quarterback. Perhaps, but you know, good luck to you. With Houston, I mean, hopefully your career doesn't follow the path of David Carr, Matt Schaub, and, you know, Brian Hoare last season. Hopefully you're the difference. I agree with you, though. I think uh, we've talked about this for a little bit. I definitely think should have stayed in Denver. Denver's already won. They just won a Super Bowl. You've already excelled in their their scheming and all that. You know you've been there the last four years. You know exactly what Denver... You have no idea what exactly Houston brings to the table. There might be a reason why they can't keep a quarterback down. That's another place where quarterbacks kind of go to die. You, yeah. you don't know that. You're young. You might have just thrown your entire career away. We might be saying Brock Osweiler like Brandon Whedon or any of those other types. No one's going to know you here in a couple of years. I think you should have stayed at Denver and uh, had the best chance to make it to the Super Bowl again. And it's not like Denver offered him chump change either. They offered him 15 mil over three years. There was a two mil difference in per year. That's it. You chased the money. I'm sorry. Um, Next up, we got running backs. And like I said, I took Lamar Miller, so we'll just roll right into that. He signed with Houston also. Um, Good move on his part, in in my opinion. They like to run the ball. Uh, he's going to see his touches. He's explosive. The problem is, though, I don't think he's a 300 to 400 carry uh, uh, season type of guy. I think that they have to get him a compliment because Alfred Blue, Chris Polk, they didn't scare anyone last season. We know that. Uh, Aaron Foster is injury prone, so cutting him and going after Lamar Miller was a smart move on Houston's part, too. Uh, It's a good match. They just need to get somebody to pair with him to take some of that uh, pressure off. Uh, but yeah, I like him. He's explosive. He can give you the big plays. He can. He, he's a he's a good runner. Good good move. Smart. I picked uh, Doug Martin. Um, I'm sure as most of you know now, he's agreed to a five year, thirty five point seventy five million dollar contract to stay with the Bucks. Um, you know, I think this was a good move on uh, both you know the organization and on Martin. Uh, Doug Martin can continue to uh, do what he do what he does, do what he do. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Continue to do what he's been doing under this, uh, you know, in this organization. But also, the organization is smart because they're kind of trying to keep the same pieces together for Jameis Winston to continue to grow and develop like he has been. I think you and I can both agree Jameis Winston is totally uh, just a different quarterback from what we were last year talking about how, you know, immature he was, some of the stuff he's gotten into to where he is now. I mean, the Bucks were, you know, I think they finished six and ten, but in the beginning of the season they were actually something to kind of worry about. And I think you know keeping those pieces around Winston is going to help him continue to grow, like he he seemed to have been doing through the season. And so, 
I think this is going to be nothing but good for here for the uh, for the Bucks down the stretch. I uh, with Doug Martin, I I like him. I think it was a mistake though. I think that you know I had him his rookie season and he helped me to a league championship for fantasy football and I, I like him for that. But paying him thirty, paying him essentially seven mil a year for a guy who spent. What, one season doing great, two seasons hurt, and then another season doing great prior to getting paid. I feel like this last season was more about he knew it was the end of his contract, he was going to play his heart out. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens. He got paid. I think that it could turn back into his second and third season. You know, oh, my toe hurts. I'm not going to play today. I already got my money. What does it matter? I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I like Doug Martin, but... It could blow up in Tampa's face. Under a new, under a new coach, so we could see maybe kind of works to Doug Martin's strengths more. Who knows what Lovey Smith was doing in the past with him, and I, we'll see what happens. All right, wide receiver. I uh, chose Rashard Matthews, one of my few players not signed yet. Um, I put in here, um, I put Houston. I think Houston could be a good possibility. Um, they just brought in Osweiler. They just brought in Miller. You know what? Let's bring in a new wide receiver too. Let's just you know completely change this offense. Like we've got, put Rashard Matthews, you know, either in the slot or even if he you know does well enough during the preseason, have him opposite of Hopkins. Take some of that pressure off Hopkins. Let Hopkins continue blowing the top off defenses. You know, kind of make defenders pick their poison essentially. Give Osweiler the chance to succeed in that offense instead of you know flailing around and dying like most quarterbacks do in Houston. Uh, so I had uh, Travis Benjamin, and I, I want to start off by saying NFL.com had their top 99 list, and the number one receiver was Marvin Jones. And I I can kind of see it. You know, Marvin Jones has got the size. He's got the ability. But he played opposite A.J. Green in an offense that likes to throw the ball with Andy Dalton. And he was still unproductive. So I don't understand how you go and rank him number one when you had Travis Benjamin, who blew up last season for Cleveland with Johnny Manziel and Josh McCown at quarterback. So I personally, I like Travis Benjamin the most, and that's why I picked him. And he signed with San Diego, and I think that was a great move on both their parts. One, he gets to go play with Phillip Rivers, who can throw the ball consistently. We've seen Very it, well. We've seen it happen. He led the league for most of the year in passing yards. Um, until Which, all his receivers got hurt. and He's done that most of his career. He's been in the top three or four every year in yards, unless something happens. Exactly. And uh, so I think it was a great move on Benjamin's part, going to a team who's going to throw the ball, who's going to get him the ball. And then it was a great, part on, a great move on San Diego's part because they had Keenan Allen. And then they brought Antonio Gates back, who I also have on my list, so I won't cover that too much. But... They didn't have anybody else. That's why it fell off at the end for Rivers when people got hurt because they don't have any other receivers. So Benjamin's going to play the slot. He's going to be that speed guy. He's going to be that that threat, that threat that Rivers has been missing. And he's going to take some of that pressure, pressure off of Keenan Allen. I really like the move on both parts. I think all the Chargers are missing now in their offenses. Uh, I think they need to get another scat back like Sproles. I think they've been missing that. Their offense hasn't had that same kind of punch, that fire that they've used to have when they lost Sproles. Um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully Melvin Gordon can figure out something with them. Uh, going into tight ends, like I said, I had Antonio Gates. He returned to San Diego, and all I really have to say about it is I'm very happy to see him going back to San Diego. It's where he 
started his career and it's where he will finish his Hall of Fame career because I guarantee you he will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. For my tight end, being a Saints fan, I'm super excited about this. Kobe Fleener, five-year, $36 million contract. He, I don't know where they got the money. He, don't know where they got the money. He <laughs> was not on Briar's list. I mean, he was on Briar's list prior to him signing with, San, with New Orleans, so it's not a biased thing. Yeah, no, this is unbiased. <laughs> I chose this on Monday, and he didn't He didn't even sign until about an hour before we did this. Um, I think this is a great signing. You know, unbiased, this is a great signing. Kobe Fleener brings that type of uh, tight end play that the Saints have been missing since they traded Jimmy Graham away. Last season, Ben Watson, don't get me wrong, guy did great. He uh, got his, got a well-deserved contract with the Ravens. I'm, I was sad to see him go, but he's not that vertical tight end that defenders really are afraid of. I think some of his stats might be a little inflated a little bit because defenders didn't really count him in. They he he's not that type of def, uh, tight end that you know you know what I'm saying. Kobe Fleener gives him that vertical, can stretch the defense, uh, might be able to take some of that pressure off Brandon Cooks, uh, Brandon Coleman if he's truly the replacement to Marcus Colston and um, and Willie Snead. We should, with him, we might start seeing the uh, same uh, fire from the Saints offense that we've had seen uh, late 2000s. This should also allow the Saints to focus on defense with the draft, I think. I mean... The other question mark was the offensive side with the, another receiving weapon, and this gives them that weapon. So now they can focus on defense or guard, which now is needed because Jari Evans is out there on free agency. Uh, I think we can find a guard. It's definitely the defense that's, yeah. that's an issue. Um, offensive tackle, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, five-year deal with the Chiefs. Um, I think this is going to be a good fit for both parties. Schwartz is leaving the, uh, the hell he's been playing in in Cleveland can be on a team that, you know, it's a playoff team last year. There's no reason why they won't be a playoff team again this year. Um, and the Chiefs get a huge uh, boost that, they needed up, that they've been needing up front. Um, yeah. Uh, offense tackle, I took Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, like you said, Mitchell Schwartz is a right tackle. I took Benjamin – or, sorry, Beecham, Kelvin Beecham. He's a left tackle. Uh, he played for Pitt last year. And I see three potential suitors for him, uh, one being Pitt where he returns back to a team that has the offense, and you, we saw it last year. Beecham went down with a season-ending injury, and we saw the effect that it had because Big Ben went down three times with three different injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, is, he is that type of player. He can change the, the momentum for an offensive line. He's, he's that good. And so I think Pittsburgh needs to realize, you know, hey, we should bring him back if they haven't already. I'm sure they're probably talking to him right now. But if they don't get him back, I would love to see him come to Minnesota. Uh, we need a left tackle really badly, and he's a game changer. And I think that we should bring him in, get him starting on the left side of our line, shore up our last real problem because I already brought in Alex Boone, who you'll talk about here soon. Yeah, thanks for stealing my thunder. Uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise, if Minnesota doesn't make a move, Jacksonville is another team that I could see. They have – offensive line problems they haven't addressed it yet which surprised me i figured that's where they were going to put their money instead they focused on the defense um but jacksonville they have the money and left tackle would allow them to adjust their offensive line and make improvements elsewhere he could shore up the left side they could take luke jokel and move him over to right side where we know he could play and then adjust accordingly so 
yeah, those three teams were where I, I could see Beecham going. Uh, but I would love to see him in purple and gold, personally. Uh, offensive guard. I took Kalachio Assembly. He was number three, I believe, on NFL.com's top nine, or, yeah, top 99 free agents. He uh, is an offensive guard technically, but he can also play tackle. He played left tackle for Baltimore last season when Eugene Monroe went down. And he signed on with Oakland. And I thought it was kind of interesting because I feel like Oakland's biggest needs were on defense. They needed defensive end. They needed defensive backs. And then they went out and grabbed this guy instead of focusing there until they grabbed Bruce Irvin. Then I was, you know, a little relieved about it. But he uh, he's a solid player. And if they decide not to bring Donald Penn back and if they don't address the left tackle position in the draft, then he can play left tackle for them. He gives them that option. So it, it was a, a smart grab. Just a little, I f- it felt a little strange. It's not what I was expecting. Okay, like you uh, you stole my thunder. Guard, Alex Boone, signed on with the Vikings. I don't think we've seen what his contract was yet. Um, I agree with uh, the Vikings bringing on this guard. I know, I'm pretty sure you do too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The Vikings are, to me, uh, they're, they're one player away. One player away, one play away from being um, a real serious contender for the title. I mean, they won the NFC North last year, something that, you know, Green Bay has been kind of on repeat for. I think we might be seeing a change in the winds. Um, I think bringing in Boone is a huge uh, boost to the offensive line, Um, help pave the way for uh, AP, who's not getting any younger. He's going to be 31 this year. He's starting to get past, and he's starting to get, at that point where we're going to start wondering when is his production going to fall off? I know he's a special specimen, um, but it, it all catches him at the end. Running backs, notorious, 30-31, at most 32. Um, they're you're going to see a huge drop in production just because their body can't take it anymore. Um, Boone's also a uh, huge help. Bridgewater sacked 44 times last year, which I think was uh, on the high end in the league. Uh, Boone being a, being there to help in the interior should help bring that down a lot. He's a, a great pass blocker, so I'm really excited about that one. All right, still me. Uh, center, Alex Mack, another another brown left. Uh, Alex Mack, he signed a five-year with the Falcons. Everyone, we, we all knew that Mack was going to be leaving. He had his contract nulled at the end of the season because he didn't want to play there. Who, who could blame him? Wanted to leave. Um... He's also going back uh, to be paired with uh, Kyle Shanahan, who was with him in 2014. So that might have been a little ear with the Falcons saying, hey, let's grab this guy. I've been with him before. I know what he's got. Um, he's a great player. He's going to be great in that zone run uh, type offense uh, with those young running backs that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, say look for a, an increase in what Devontae Freeman already did. That, that's, the, that's scary, especially for someone in the NFC. So that is scary to worry about. And then Matt Ryan, I'm sure, is going to love that too. That's just that's more help up front, more time to look down the field and hit his favorite target. <laughs> Julio. Uh, all right, so I took Stephen Wisniewski for center. Uh, he previously played for Jacksonville for a season. Before that, he was with Oakland. Uh, I think I was a little surprised that Oakland let him go all the way up until they went out and grabbed Rodney Hudson two years ago or last year in free agency. Uh, then I was okay with it, you know. Rodney Hudson was an upgrade, but Stephen Wisniewski is a consistently solid starter at center, 
and it's hard to find. I mean, you might think, oh, I can go out and get somebody who will be better, but consistency is always important. So he's going to find a home, and I think that the best options will be uh, San Fran. I mean, he played at Oakland. He knows the Bay Area, so might be appealing to go back to where he was from, you know, where he played at originally, where he started at. Uh, San Fran could use the center, uh, you know, regardless of who starts under center, uh, a boost to their offensive line would always be helpful, especially after losing, (laughs) especially after losing Alex Boone. Now you need that upgrade to your interior offensive line center or guard. You still need it. Uh, Atlanta was originally on my list, but they went out and grabbed (laughs) Alex Max. So yeah, thanks Atlanta. And then uh, Washington, you they just put the franchise tag on Kirk Cousins. You know they're going to work on getting him a big deal, so why not get him that guy that's dead center in front of him who's going to be snapping in the ball, who's going to be protecting the interior of the, of his offensive line. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, tongue twister. And get that short up right now. So, you know, two, I, I guess, San Fran and Washington. Thank you, Atlanta, for screwing me over there. <laughs> I think I, I think I agree with that Washington one there. Who knows what Chip Kelly is going to do there? I know Washington uh, Gruden's got he's got a, he's going to be looking out for Cousins. He's going to make sure that he's happy. He's going to be paid, and um, that offense uh, which started clicking really well the second half of the season, um, they're definitely going to get that help up front. For defensive end, I did uh, Malik Jackson, who played for Denver. Um, most of us didn't know who he was going into the playoffs. I, I kind of knew who he was, but not really all the way up until he just kind of blew up. And then he was ranked number one on NFL.com's top 99 free agents list. And then he got paid huge by Jacksonville. And although I don't completely agree with the contract, the move was, was right. They needed that help on the defensive side. And I'm, I'm glad to see that they made it because the offense carried them to five wins, five wins, they had a defense. They probably would have been in contention for the playoffs. Which Houston, in the AFC South isn't saying that It wasn't much. saying much, <laughs> but if they had more help on defense, they they would have been in there. And now that they've gotten it with Malik Jackson and a couple other moves that they've made, I feel like they're going to be ready next year. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what Jacksonville does this next season. I picked uh, Mario Williams, uh, former Buffalo Bill, disgruntled Bill, wanted out. They cut him as soon as they could. Um, he signed a two-year, $17 million contract with the Dolphins. Uh, includes $11.9 million guarantees. I think the Dolphins are doing it again. Uh, Williams is coming off, statistically, in his 10 years that he's been in the league, his worst year yet. He's coming off his worst year, whether that's a product of Rex Ryan being there or what it is, I don't know. Uh, they're just throwing money at the defensive line. You know, see Dominican Sue last year. Look how well that worked for him. Um, it didn't. So, you know, I don't know if I truly agree with this. I don't agree with the money that was thrown at him. They definitely could have taken that money and uh, infused it elsewhere, giving uh, Tannehill some weapons to maybe throw it since they're losing weapons, can't keep them in. Um, upgrading the uh, the secondary, that's a, another, I think, one of their needs. Getting a running back, seeing as how Lamar Yeah, they lost. That falls, uh, yeah, that falls under the weapons. Um I guess only time will tell if this actually helps. Uh, maybe uh, Williams being on the line. Maybe double teams get off Sue. Maybe Sue will be a little more productive. Maybe Cameron will, Wake. Cameron Wake. Maybe maybe this was the 
missing piece that they're needing for this defensive line to click together. They can't work without one or the other, or one of the three pieces. So um, I guess ask me again uh, halfway through the, or even the end of the season if I think this was good or not. D tackle Terrence Knighton. Um, Cody, this one's for you. I think if the pack the Packers actually decide they want to participate in free agency. I don't know. Maybe they think they're not allowed to. Maybe Title Town thinks they're too good. For maybe it, they uh, think they're like, ah, oh, we don't want no one second, you know, in their their scraps, you know, whatever. I think if they, you know, pulled their head out of their ass and actually decided to spend some money in the free agency, Terrence Knighton, I think, would be a um, a plug and play fit. Uh, replace, re- replace, replace uh, B.J. Raji, who they've lost, who, or who they're not bringing back, and um, Terrence Knight can be that plug in the middle that they that they need. Uh, to go with that, I also have a nose tackle, who uh, apparently is going to play defensive tackle because originally I thought Green Bay would be a good fit. You know, a team that needs a nose tackle, having let B.J. Raji go, he would be younger. I, I think he's better personally. Damon Harrison uh, played with the New York Jets. Everyone was really big on Ian Williams, nose tackle from San Fran, who re-signed with San Fran. Personally, I th- I like Damon Harrison. I think he, he I like him more. Right? He's a monster, and he's the least talked about player from the Jets defensive line. And I think that's because he was overshadowed by Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. But he can't be discounted for what he brought to that team. And then he went and signed with the Giants, and I I hate it. I, I can't stand it. The Giants run a 4-3, which means that he's going to line up a defensive tackle. And we'll see what happens. But personally, I feel like he's better fit to play nose tackle, a player who lines up directly over the center, clogs the middle of the line, and keeps the running backs from getting free. free keeps the offensive line from getting the linebackers. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what he's built for. Now you're trying to pl- plug him in as a defensive tackle where he's going to be expected to to shed blockers and to get into the backfield. And I don't think that I just don't think it's going to work. I'm I'm really upset, and I really hope he didn't just derail his career by signing with the with the Giants because I liked him. So um, we'll see what happens, but I'm not a big fan of this signing. Uh, next we have uh, outside linebacker. I took Nigel Bradham, outside linebacker from Buffalo. Uh, he signed with Philly. I had a couple other teams that were on the list, but Philly was on my list, and I liked the signing. I he played. Under Jim Schwartz a couple of years ago when he was the defense coordinator with Buffalo and he had one of his best seasons. And Jim Schwartz went to Philly and Nigel Bradham has now followed him to Philly and I think it was a, a good signing. I think it was solid. Uh, they let Kiko Alonso go. They're switching to a 4-3. It'll, it'll give him the ability to transition over smoothly. I like the signing. It was a good move. For me, I picked uh, Bruce Irving. Um, he signed a five-year, $60 million deal with the Raiders. I love this signing. Um, I think this is uh, this is going to definitely help the Raiders be a serious contender. They're uh, they're going to be a serious. I think you know the offense. I think the biggest point here at the offense. Um, they've been kind of catching up, but bringing in Irving here, uh, Cleo Mack, who is already a phenomenal phenomenal pass rusher. Um, he's going to be free all the more. With uh, Irving being the threat of Irving being on the other side, um, just uh, I I I can't, I can't even you know get all the words out of my mouth that I want to. Bringing in Irving allows the Raiders to bring in a 
no shit, you know, only pass rusher type through either uh, find someone else through free agency or even the draft. Irving excels at the at pass coverage. That's what he did well in Seattle. It's going to allow Khalil Mack to solely focus on doing what he does best, I believe, is uh, rushing the quarterback, not having to kind of drop back, you know, help the w- weaker linebackers and stuff. He's going to be able to do do what he, again, I can't say this, do what he's been doing, rush the quarterback, and continue to just blow up. So I think Irving's going to be a really good complimentary piece here on the way to this young young Raiders team into being uh, serious contenders for oh, at least the next five years. The next one, inside linebacker, uh, Danny Trevathan, who just signed a, a four-year deal with the Bears. I think this is a good fit as well. I think uh, Trevathan being reunited with uh, Coach Fox, who is a former Denver coach, and then uh, being reunited with him, also will make it a uh, easier transition for the Bears uh, as they continue moving on to a 3-4 type defense. They'll give them another inside linebacker and uh, basically complete the transition, I believe, at this point. Uh, yeah, for inside linebacker, I have Jarrell Freeman. And Chicago was a uh, team that I had been looking at as a possibility. I feel like Shea McClellan was a solid, solid move to inside linebacker last year, and but they needed a running mate, being that they made the 3-4 change. And then they went and grabbed Danny Trevathan. So that leaves me with uh, Kansas City and the Giants. However, Kansas City went and grabbed Derek Johnson, so I think the only way they go after Freeman is if they can get him for the right price. I still think it's an option because Derek Johnson's like 14 years pro, Freeman could be the, the four-year pro, the younger guy who they can bring in to spell Johnson and also to allow him to learn from Derek Johnson. Wouldn't be a bad move unless they decide to go after um, uh, after somebody in the draft. Otherwise, the Giants. The Giants still have money to spend, although they've spent a lot of it. But I think, they what, still $200 million need, on their defense alone? They still need defensive help. That's the problem. Is they, they grabbed a corner, they grabbed a defense tackle and a defensive end, but they still need to address the linebacker position. They re-signed uh, JPP, so they got the other defensive end. They still need to address linebackers. They still need to address the secondary, even though they got a corner. Uh, they have all kinds of holes on that defense. Jarrell Freeman could help fill one. Inside linebacker. He's a solid player. He's had He's been in the league for four years. He's had over 100 tackles in three of those four years. And he the one year he didn't, he had 95 tackles. So it's not like he missed by that much. Uh, I think he's a great player. He's good. He's young. He's athletic. Um, it'd be interesting. I, I'm interested to see where he goes. I think that New York or Kansas City would be a good move. But somebody like Green Bay, if they're willing to spend the money, they need the inside <laughs> linebacker help. If, if. If. Yeah, if, if, if. Big deal. Um, cornerback. I took uh, Janoris Jenkins. Uh, huge fan of Janoris Jenkins. I am surprised that St. Louis decided that they were going to put the free agent or the franchise tag on Tremaine Johnson. I feel like Janoris Jenkins is the better corner. I think most people felt like Jenkins is the better corner. So it was. it's interesting. Uh, he got paid, though. He went out. The Giants went and grabbed him. Uh, I think it's a good move on the Giants' part. You definitely needed the help. I think it's a bad move on Jenkins' part. Uh, if I'm a player playing specifically cornerback or safety, I want to go to a team where they're going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback because it's going to make me look better. 
and that's exactly what the Giants failed to do all season long. They signed Olivier Vernon, solid, but they also brought back Jason Pierre-Paul. That's a questionable move. One year or not, they're still paying him, what, 8 mil guaranteed, I think? 8.5 guaranteed, 10 total. That's ridiculous for a guy who I think racked up a sack in his eight games that he was able to play because he blew off his hand, part of his (laughs) fingers. He blew off fingers from his hand because he's an idiot who decided Uh. to go play with fireworks. That's something that we learned at a young age not to do. I don't know where he was during that lesson, but whatever. Curious to see what he's going to be doing here in four months. Yeah. <laughs> Probably uh, be on Yeah, lockdown. exactly. <laughs> July 4th rolls around. The Giants are going to have him locked in the facility. Guys, I can't get out. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, it's Jason, uh, we need you to come in for a strength training all July 3rd through the 5th. Yeah. Just, you know, nothing crazy. Not, we're not meaning anything by it. Um, yeah. Uh, or your cut. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, you got paid, Jenkins. Great. Hopefully you can do exactly what I hope you would have done with the team who had a better defensive line. So good luck to you. I think the Giants' defensive line, they might surprise us this year. I think uh, Peter, Jason, he's going to see this as a uh, an awakening for him. He's going to realize that, hey, I can't screw around like I did. And I so hope that the Giants are smart enough to put something in his contract that if he does anything stupid again, terminated, uh, no money to him at all. You know, just I hope they did something like that to kind of make it get, light a fire in JPP's ass. You know, make sure that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Ridiculous. Um, I chose Prince Amu Kamara, former uh, <laughs> former giant, right? Former here, giant. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know. I think this would be fun. Little uh, he might stay in the division. I could see him moving down to Philly, who just let go of uh, Byron Maxwell, they and they need definitely the need the help at corner. Out. They needed help at corner before they got rid of Maxwell. Uh, they've seen him play now. Less he's this is his fifth season. They've seen him play all that time. He's been a Giant twice a year. They know what he can do. Um, I think it'd be a good fit. I, I don't see why not. Make it happen, Philly. Last but not least, safety, George Iloka reached a uh, five-year, 30-mil contract, 18 in the first three years. Uh, I think this is a good re-signing by both the Bengals and Ioka. Uh Bengals are trying to retain as much of this defense as they can. They kind of got the bum scoop. Most of their most of their players' were contracts are up at the same time. That's hard trying to bring all those players back i think what we've seen they could only bring one or two back they've they're, they've happened to bring two back, to bring back now one they've managed to bring back two they got iloka and now uh pac-man who's uh signed within the last couple of hours was re-signed i think this is good uh young safety can continue to grow in the the scheme that he's been in uh and then could have gone to minnesota he didn't want to zimmer could have you know he didn't want to that. Yeah, maybe, maybe but he didn't want to he can continue to be part of this already championship caliber defense, uh, depending on if they can bring anyone else back. If they can't, then I think it'll be curious to see what the Bengals do. But I think as if it stands right now, this is a good re-sign by uh, both parties. For safety, I had Deshaun Gibson. This is one of my favorite free agent bargains that was out there. Granted, he ended up making out pretty well for, I think, 5 mil, 30 32 to 35 somewhere in that range as far as 32 to 35 million dollars for a five-year over five-year contract said five mil that's a long time to be yeah five million <laughs> years uh no he uh is a good bargain he had a 
huge season two years ago, put him at the top of the league at safety, and then last year he fell off. And uh, I think that's what made it a bargain was that most people were looking at what he did last season while I was sitting there looking at what he did two seasons ago. Because if you look at Cleveland as a whole last season, that was a, that was a huge mess. I mean, Joe Hayden didn't even look like Joe Hayden. So you can't put completely what happened last season on him. And I was I was excited. I was like, oh, this Deshaun Gibson, I like this guy. He's out there. He's not going to be expensive. Maybe Minnesota go and grab him. No, nah, that didn't happen. Jacksonville went and snagged him up, though. And uh, what, a, what a great grab it was. I'm a little jealous, personally. But, you know, I would have liked to have a, a someone like him, his caliber, to play alongside Harrison Smith. Oh well, good good grab, Jacksonville. Smart. Um, I think you and I both can agree that Jacksonville, Jacksonville and Oakland are going to turn the AFC upside down. I think so. Yeah. Q and A. Q and A. All right. So my first question is: uh, We have players like Alden Smith and Greg Hardy out there. Two players who have got huge red flags on them. Alden Smith with his, I want to say, alcohol abuse. Is what he's <laughs> Alden been. Smith with calling the airport, you know, with a fake bomb threat. Uh, he's got a lot of problems. I think well intoxicated. <laughs> and uh, Oakland took a risk on him last year, and it wasn't a bad risk. It paid off. They knew that there was probably something that was going to be laid down. Eventually it came out. He's out for half he's the year, He's suspended for half the season. And Greg Hardy, on the other hand, uh, it didn't cause any off-the-field problems, except when he was in Carolina. He suspended for four games last year. Uh, he had the uh, assault charges brought up on him with his girlfriend. He um, Last year for Dallas, I mean, he was just a mess. He was causing problems in the locker room. He was smacking uh, the galaxies out of the coach's hands on surface the sidelines. Tabs. Sorry, surface tabs. Difference. Out of <laughs> the coach's hands on the sidelines. Uh, he was just being a... Uh, a child, a, a two-year-old. He's throwing tantrums. It was ridiculous. So my question is, does somebody take a risk on either one of these players? And if they do, who? Okay. If I personally am a GM, I'm not taking any chance on either of these players. I think um, their little suspensions that they've been serving, Alden Smith is serving, I think, a greater suspension. Um, something yeah, that alcohol. Greg Hardy should have been serving for domestic abuse and all the other crap they just got with them. But players like them, they don't, they usually don't, they don't change. I think their negatives outweigh any possible positives. I mean, speaking of Greg Hardy, what positive did he really bring on the field? I'm pretty sure that he had like two sacks on the year, if that, in his uh, 12 games he was able to play in. So, I mean, he didn't really bring too much to the table. I don't think it was worth all the risk. That's why Dallas didn't bring him back. Let's be honest. Dallas likes yeah. to take their little, you know, Terrell Owens and all them, you know, usual locker room drama type players. But he was obviously this should be a red flag. To all the thirty one, uh, thirty other teams. Carolina obviously knows what he brings. That no, you shouldn't take a chance on him. I think Alden Smith. Uh, I think I'd be a little more lenient. I think I want to see him get into like some rehab, like some serious rehab, not this crap that Manziel did last year, which obviously did nothing. Uh, get him to some serious rehab, maybe take a season off to get his life in order before he ruins it. Um, let's see him make the commitment to f- turning his life around before I even, you know, even want to put him on a one-year make-or-break type deal. But since I'm not a GM, do I think someone's going to take him? 
Probably. Probably. There's teams that are just hungry for any sort of talent they can get. The Browns come to mind, who's lost their entire team already, this free agency. <gasps> they need all the help they can get. Um, I mean, there's just teams out there that they, uh, towards probably like maybe towards the start of the season, preseason, they'll say, these players are still here. We can probably get them for dirt cheap. Let's take them in. Let's give a chance. We won't miss too much out on it. Um, yeah, so that's what I think on that. I think I agree with you with Greg Hardy. I feel like that that's domestic abuse. That's not something that should be forgiven so easily. He was suspended for eight games, and then they cut it down to four. I mean, yeah. seriously, that what what message are you sending that you're going to suspend somebody for alcohol or drug abuse for a, a, a season? half a season, but you're going to give somebody who had domestic abuse four games. Where do you get thinking that supposedly deflating footballs is along the same lines as domestic abuse? Exactly. They, they're I trying know. to slap Brady with the four-game four suspension for integrity of the game. How about integrity as a human being? Yeah, that's why I think Greg Hardy is not worth it, regardless. Even if you look at it and go, well, that was a one-time event, look at what he did with Dallas. Dallas doesn't want him back. Dallas, a team who is willing to sign players like that, doesn't want him back. That should send a message to everyone on what he's going to bring if you decide to sign him. So if I'm a GM, I do not take the move on Greg Hardy. Alden Smith, on the other hand, I, I look at it. I really give it consideration because without his alcohol uh, questions that are brought into into play, he's a top 10 player easily, top 5 probably in free agency. Um and I think he has that talent. So somebody like Cleveland, who needs outside linebacker pass rushing help. Chicago, where Vic Fangio, who had him with San Fran, could take him in. They need outside linebacker pass rushing help. I mean, Pernell McPhee is a good run-stopping outside linebacker for the 3-4, but they need somebody to play opposite him, and that's what Alden Smith can bring. Um, I don't know if I would take make the move this year, though. I think I agree with you. You need to give him that year off, let him think things through, let him get his uh, life in order before you allow him to come back. I, I really think that that's important. Greg Hardy, though, no, let him go. He doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. You know, I'm just, uh, with Alden Smith, he was with San Fran, then he was in Oakland. He hasn't really left that area. What if he's a byproduct of his environment? What if his so-called friends or whatever – Horrible influence. Peer pressure is a, you know, fill in the blank. Take him out and bring him to Cleveland. Bring him, you know, all the way across the country. Take him away from any sort of influence that could possibly be. Keep him under the lock Jets. and key. The Jets. I think Todd Bowles would definitely, you know, put him into shape. Um, Patriots. Put him in the Patriots. You know, they don't stand for any yeah, of that stuff. Belichick won't, won't take, won't take so, it. He won't do it. Take him out of there. Keep him under lock and key. I think you would definitely you could definitely reap some serious rewards and get a great player in return. All right, so my first Q and A. Uh, we know the issues with RG three, not issues, just the drama surrounding him. Uh, he was cut earlier. Uh, Manzel is expected to be cut by the end of this week. Who takes a shot with uh, either RG three or Manzel, and why? Uh, both teams or both teams, both <laughs> players will get a shot. I think RG three more so than Johnny Manzel will have more suitors, not because of talent or because of what he did on the field, but because of how he handled the situation. You look at how he finished out the season. He knew it was his last game in Washington. He walked around the field. He shook hands. He you know, uh, took photographs, signed autographs. 
he played it well. He did it quietly. He left the stadium without making a fuss. He left the team without making a fuss. There was no big take to Twitter calling him out or anything like that. As long as he keeps that, I think somebody will make a play for him. Somebody like San Fran with Chip Kelly, who likes that kind of a player, especially if Kaepernick really wants out. Um, I, I have heard Dallas thrown around. I don't think that it'll happen. He's not a Tony Romo type player. I don't care if you think that, you know, Jerry Jones, oh, if you learn under Tony Romo, you'll be getting a Harvard like degree for a quarterback position. No, you won't. An online Harvard type degree, yeah, maybe. <laughs> exactly. RG3 is not a Tony Romo type player. You have to find someone who fits that kind of player. And I think for. RG3, his best option might be San Fran, where you learn from a coach who can work that with that type of player. As far as Manziel goes, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know who's going to end up taking a risk on him. They, it might be another situation like Alden Smith, where you make him sit out a year before anybody says, "Hey, I'll give you a shot." Let him get his life in order because he is a mess right now. It, that is a wreck. Um, yeah, that's my feelings on that situation. Uh, yeah, I think through almost through and through, I agree with uh, especially Manziel. Definitely treat him on the same level as uh, as uh, Alden Smith. I think um, there's even uh, there's reports coming out now with issues with his girlfriend or mm-hmm. ex girlfriend or fiance, whatever she is, um, of the domestic you know abuse sort of. I think um, he 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 definitely needs either putting uh with a coach that can handle him. Um, that can put him on the straight and narrow. You know, one screw up, you're done. Tied up a thing. Cleveland's given him way too many chances. Um, that's why you know new coach coming in. He, he he's not putting up with it. He's just you know get out, get just get out. I'm not dealing with it. Which I think is uh that's definitely well an attitude that Cleveland hasn't seen in a long time. They need that coach who's like I'm not putting up with any of your crap. You know, Cribs, uh, Manziel, I'm, I'm not putting up with it. I think they need that. RJ3, um, NFL Network was talking earlier, which I, I totally agree. Me and you talked about this earlier. I could definitely see him back up Alex Smith in uh, Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Let him play with Andy Reid. Andy Reid, only person that would take on Vic when Vic was released from prison. Change till Vic played the game, and uh, Vic's still continuing in the league today. I think he might be a free agent now. I don't know if Pitt still well, has him. I think I'm not sure what's going on. With I haven't that. heard anything differently. So. But he's still in the league. Um, let RG three. He's been you know a man of grace this point. He, no complaints. No no bad mouth. Hasn't had a bad word to say about anyone on that team. He needs to keep that though. Don't go. I, I think that he will. Image. I don't think he would. He's he doesn't come off as that type of that person. I won't even say a player. That person. That would even do that. He's going to keep whatever ill will he's feeling towards someone, he's going to keep that to him. Or he's going to confide in someone that he that trusts. I would never, you know, say that, oh, RJ3 said this. Um, you know, that speaks a lot to how he was raised, um, his upbringing. Uh, but no, I could definitely see, look, give Andy Reid, let him, Andy Reid, mold him into the young man, that player that he could be, change his game to a bit. I think Kansas City could definitely benefit greatly from that. Alex Smith's getting old, older. He's not going to be around much longer. Let RG3 sit for a year or two, and then let him take the keys. And I think that they would just, uh, just like if uh, someone took a chance on Alden Smith, could reap huge benefits from. 
All right. Uh, oh, one last thing on Manzo, real quick. Uh, he's not officially a free agent yet. No, the no. Cleveland's still, I guess, shopping him around to see if there's any interest before they'll release him. So everyone knows they're going to release him. They're not going to yeah, give we, up anything they don't need to. We expect it to happen soon. Uh, next question. All right. Uh, you know, Manning retired. Um, f- just a phenomenal player. Simple question. I'm sure we both agree completely on this, but I I just have to ask. Everyone always has their disagreements. Is Manning a first ballot Hall of Famer? Is he going to get in the first chance he gets? Yes. And I'll even take it a step further. I'll say he is the greatest quarterback of all time. I know people are going to argue that till the day they die because Brady has four Super Bowls and Montana has four Super Bowls. But to me, I know they put so much. Exactly. Super Bowl is a team effort. There are quarterbacks out there who have Super Bowls because their defense won them the Super Bowl, not because of them. (laughs) Eli Manning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean – that's that's how the game is played. It's not play. It's not like the quarterback goes out there and plays by himself. That's not how it works. But if you look at the stats, he's got everyone else beat. He's the one guy who you could walk out on the field and watch him play and say he plays different than everyone else because he could walk up to that offensive line, read the defense, change the play, and gain ten yards because he changed the play. That's how he played the game. He's my favorite quarterback, or he's who I would rank as the greatest quarterback of all time. And yes, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm with, I can't disagree with a single word that you said. It's definitely been great being able to watch him play. Just how he, he commanded that line. I'm like you watched. Uh, I think uh, uh, Harris talk about just <laughs> Omaha. Everyone knows Omaha. Yeah. Omaha means something different every single week. Manning is meticulous in his study of the next week. His opponents, he probably knows that defense better than all 11 players playing defense on the field at that time. It's just how great he is at understanding the game. And uh, not only do I think he's a first ballot Hall of Flamer, I like to think that he, he might come back. He's going to come back as a coach. I'm going to say it right now. He's going to come back as a coach in some fa- whether starting at just quarterback coaching, uh, offensive coordinator. He already does it. He has his camp. Or he coaches yeah, young quarterbacks. He already has that going for him. So, yeah, I agree with you. He'll be back in the NFL, but not as a player. No. no maybe he's he, not going to pull a far. Maybe <laughs> he falls in uh, John Elway's footsteps and he moves to the GM-type role, the front office I, area. I could see that, too. Um, but, yeah, he'll be Indianapolis. back. Indianapolis? We'll see it. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Uh, my last question is, uh, if you were in charge of a team that had a need at every single position – who would be your target in free agency? All of them are still available. All right, mm. they haven't. It hasn't happened like it happened today. Yeah, this uh, is this is rough. Point. Everyone's still available. Who would be your number one target? The guy that you had to go out and get for that team. So everyone, everyone's. Uh, I need a need everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And just starting a clean slate. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I'm an offensive type of guy. I'm going to say quarterback or running back is who I need to go off. Running back, you could always rely on someone to, you know, pound the ball, always, you know, grind, grind, grind. Uh, or you get a kind of more developed quarterback. Um, I'm thinking one of those two. I think those two are, you know, everyone kind of devalues a running back a bit. I think the running back is still a very important role. You need your running back to get those three yards that you need 
running up the middle. You need that running back to be kind of that last blocker um, if he's kind of in the block, um, the faking. Um, so I think he's pretty important. I, I'm going to see who's the best available out of those two positions. Any particular player that you Oh, uh, any particular player? That was out there in free agency this year. Uh, I would have gone with... See, I can't contradict myself now, so I have to choose between one of these two. Um, I'm going to say Doug Martin. He's young. He's a great running back. Out of all those available this year, I think he was one of, one of if not the best running back that was available this year. Um, he's he's young too. He's he's just all around. He's an all-purpose back. Kind of gives you a uh, not great at one thing, but good at all things sort of player, which I think would be great on any offense. For me, I'm gonna go the opposite side of the ball as you. Um, I I know Malik Jackson and Bruce Irvin and uh, Olivier Vernon were all ranked up there, but for me. The defensive end position is meant for a guy who can rush the passer, and the outside linebacker position, given that I would probably run a 3-4, would also be meant for a guy who can rush the passer, and I don't think Bruce Irvin is necessarily that guy. Uh, I think he'll be a perfect complement to Mac because Mac is that guy. But for me, I would go after Janoris Jenkins. Uh, he's a cornerback. I think that I feel that he can be a shutdown corner, a number one type guy, someone, someone similar to Patrick Peterson. Um and so that would be my target. That'd be the number, the guy that I would have to bring in to be that difference maker, you know, the tone setter for my team. So yeah, uh, you had a Q and A. That's it for me. That's all I got. That's all we got for you this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we should be back in a couple weeks when we finish up what we have here for free agency. Otherwise, uh, the rate we're going, we'll probably, probably be done, done in a couple days. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Expect to hear back from us in a couple of weeks. Tune in. See you next time.